Hello, everypony. Welcome back to Marimores. The gayest My Little Pony podcast out there. You know, probably. You know, I mean, if you meet somebody with a gayer podcast than us, like, call us? Yeah, like, share that shit. Yeah, come on. Don't swear. I know it's been a while. Yeah, no, share that stuff. Yeah. With me. Yeah, us, personally, especially if they're cute. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm Beta. I'm Caravel. And we are the hosts of that show we've just been talking about. Yeah. Welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's been a while. Uh, basically, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, you did NaNoWriMo. I did do NaNoWriMo. And I got very sick. You did get very sick. And then I had finals. And then you had finals. And then you were doing Advent of Code. Yeah. And also, we, went, we were just lazy. Yeah, and it was the holidays, and then we were in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But now we're back. We mm-hmm. got back a couple days ago, and we are ready to do the horse show with yeah. you fine people. We have to do it tonight because we're both in the process of getting sick, and we're worried we won't be well enough to do it tomorrow. Yeah, we literally just got back from Arizona, and both of us <laughs> feel colds coming on, so that's cool. Yeah. You're not... You missed out on one day of having a... Beta and Caravel on NyQuil episode of Marimores. NyQuil doesn't really affect me. Or DayQuil. DayQuil doesn't really affect me. I've never tried it. Maybe it affects me. You've never tried NyQuil? No. No? It's what do like you... a syrup. I, I take the gels. Oh. Because I can't take the syrups. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't know that was an option. It is. There's, there's, uh, there's gels, uh, there's pills, and there's the syrup. What about injections or no. patches? No. That'd be highly unusual. <laughs> anyway, so uh, first thing we're going to do is mailbag. Basically, like, we kept saying, like, hey, you should contact us and stuff. And then Tumblr decided to just not tell me whenever we had messages on the Marimores. And I Tumblr... can't even see them. Like... Yeah, so it, it's bad. Tumblr is bad. But anyway. What a bad website. We're going to answer these questions in order. And it'll be great. Yeah, I know. It'll be great. Everything's going to be a-okay. Okay. First question. Also, I don't have dates for these, so we're just going to... Yeah, just just yolo swag. Anonymous said, just listened to the September 4th episode <laughs> and really enjoyed it. Do you have any Halloween-themed episode plans for October? No. <laughs> Next oh, question. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, this is gonna be fun. Is that really the? It was September. Did we do one in October? Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. It hasn't been that long. Oh my god. Marimores is such a breath of fresh air with all the right-leaning bronies out there, and not the only LGBT thing being questioning if Rainbow Dash is a lesbian or not, based off of stereotypes and Soren Dash. It's very nice to see an interesting LGBT lens on the show. You should hang out with better people. You should we do. Jo- yeah, we do, because that's what we do. We yeah. just only hang oh, out Oh, with... that was your advice. I yeah. thought they were saying that to us, and I was like... No, no, wow. I, I was telling them to hang out yeah, with Yeah, yeah, don't hang out with Nazi bronies. Yeah, like, they're S- awful. Step one, don't hang out with Nazis. Step two, don't hang out with bronies. Yeah. Yeah. Join our Discord server. Yeah, you should join our Discord server, which There's the like link will be in the description. 30 plus people in it now? Yeah, and none of them are terrible because terrible people will get banned immediately. Yeah. I don't think we've even had to ban anyone yet. Yeah, I don't think so. Nice. <laughs> anyway. 
but yeah, so uh, there is a massive queer side of the fandom, and uh, if you want to be in that part of the fandom, which is the more tolerable, uh, pleasant part of the fandom, then you should start by maybe joining our Discord. It's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Next question. Which Caravel, which pony is Caravel, and which pony is Beta? I just imagine your OC is talking in the podcast in my head, but I don't know who is who. Well, I'm the one with the letter beta on my flank. I think maybe it's not visible in some oh, of the art. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you yeah. have the you have the pink, the pink mane and the the off white. Yeah, the, I'm the I'm the cream pegasus with the pink hair and yeah. I'm the the pink unicorn with the purple hair. So there you go. Easy. We're knocking this out of the park. Yeah. What's the episode that shall not be named? It's Brotherhoods. It's Brotherhoods. It's Brotherhoods. It's we named it. We we we've named it for you. By naming it, we can we can understand it and destroy it. Yes. Anyway, there will probably be an entire episode about that at some point. Someday, someday when we're, I don't know, when we've psyched ourselves up for it enough. It, it won't be today. Mm -mm. Uh, Arctic Waters said. Hello, ladies. Just wanted to stop by and say I really enjoy the podcast. I laughed pretty hard at the shout-out to my sister, Selective Yellow. I am also pretty unimpressed by Lyra Mon, parentheses, I don't understand it. So I appreciate the acknowledgement that not everyone ships it and that she had to deal with some crap because she doesn't. But anyway, I think you're doing a great job. Keep it up. And I am desperately waiting for a Rarolite episode. Call me if you roll it. Lol, I'll scream with you. Unfortunately, we do not know what the ships are until we roll a die, so. Yeah. And I don't have your phone number. So if it's Rail Light today, I don't know what to tell you. But yes, thank you. And you do good art. Also, also, I feel like Mono is already in our Discord server and might get priority on that. I don't know. They're both very... Mm. Like, I think Arctic Waters has done art for Enchanted Library. Mm. And then... So both of them yeah. just like call them on discord yeah and then the selective yellow is in our discord now too because mm. she also is cool and does good art mm -hmm. so i don't know but yeah i am i'm glad you enjoy our podcast i like your art literally a fat hairy lesbian said i just listened to all the episodes today and i love it i really appreciate your take on the show and has a longtime MLP fan, like, it's really good to finally see stuff by and for queen women. I think that was supposed to be queer women. I think it is exactly as it was supposed <laughs> to be. All women are queen. If she breathes, she has thoughts. No. 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 Don't say that. I won't. <laughs> what the heck? Well, don't do the misogyny? Things. I don't know. Anyway, so, so thank you um, for your kind words. Uh, I am glad that we were able to fill this niche for people. Me too. It's a good niche. Anonymous said, why does listening to you two on this podcast make me so incredibly happy? Because you're gay. Yeah. Probably. Or just like, maybe you're like a straight trans person? You're probably queer though. Yeah, probably. Also, we're great. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. Kara's great. No. We're both great. All right, fine. Anyway, if you, by some off chance, um, are a, air quotes, straight male listening to the show and straight finding it- male. Straight cis male. yes. Listening to the show and finding it very relatable. I've got good news and bad news for you, and the good news and bad news are the same thing. <laughs> see, see, uh, what was that, episode four? Yeah, I think so. See episode four for more information. Groundhog Lesbian said- Oh man, I can't believe it took me this long to check you out. 
I love your analysis, especially the reading of the mismatched cutie marks as an analogy for gender dysphoria. That made so much sense and also kind of helps me understand cutie marks better. Well, that was all beta, so... Because she is wonderful and great. Also, before we move on, I'll check you out. Hey, uh, we're cool. Yeah, we're extremely cool. Okay, so here is a here's a really good one that I definitely want to read. It's a little long, but <clears throat> lukewarm deer said, "Non-ask, but a huge thank you for the podcast existing." Over the last four to five months, I'm realized I'm probably non-binary femme or a trans woman. Not sure yet, but kind of excited to find out. And you've definitely contributed to helping me figure that out and get comfortable with it. The Transition 101 stuff, episode 4, for instance, even though I was already mostly aware of it, strictly to better understand my trans friends, totally no furtive egg curiosity going on there, nope. <laughs> Just hearing you talk HRT and trans women experiences right after extensively discussing ponies made it seem a lot more real for me and possible to explore. Happy New Year, and I hope you're both well and able to record more soon. <laughs> Beta is literally just vibrating with happiness. <laughs> But I am also, ex I'm so happy for you. Um, this is like, like literally the best thing I ever do is helping trans women mm -hmm. figure themselves out and come into their own. We've like, like. We have hatched several an egg. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the best part of the MLP fandom is that it's just like, it's just like being at a chicken farm. There's just like, it's <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> And then they hatch into beautiful chickens. Don't laugh like that. You made the level sad. That's okay. I'll fix it later. I'll fix it in post. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's really great. Like, uh, My Little Pony itself was what helped me to discover that I was a trans woman. So it's great that now we can help you find people discover that you are trans or otherwise queer. And it's wonderful. And I'm very happy that we could do that. If we're lucky, we will be... Maybe talking about this with some other trans women at Everfree. That's true. Uh, we have submitted the application for our Everfree Northwest panel. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And that'll be the two of us plus uh, Robin Daydream. So. Nice. Uh, let's see. We should talk about something while I look for like people who have made replies to post. So, ponies, huh? Um... Have y'all been watching the, the like, Equestria Girl shorts? Because, like, Caravelle and I just kind of can't be bothered. Like, I'm sure some of it's really cute. I just don't care about Timbra's fruit. Yeah, it's just, like, somebody write in and tell us if they're worth, worth watching or not. Because, like, it's kind of unusual for us to avoid such, like, not like avoid, but not go out of our way to seek out such a large body of lit canon pony media. But we're just like, what if it's boring? What if it's boring? Let's see. Dawn Bather uh, replied to our post about our new URL with, that's such a powerful domain. Thank you, Dawn Bather. Uh, I own the domain name lesbian.horse. That domain name for the curious is mare-amores.lesbian. Dot horse. Yes, and my main blog, Pure Pony Pleasure, is simply lesbian.horse. I should get a, a lesbian horse subdomain for you could. a ship is friendship. You have one. Oh, uh, Monochromatic apparently replied to episode 4 saying that you weren't awkward. Yeah, I saw that. And Mono was like, I was also awkward. So there you go, you're absolved of your crimes. 
That's good. Anyway, that's all I'm going to scroll through. So, but I am, right. I am super happy with everyone who has uh, sent us things and absolutely should send us more asks because yeah. we like them. And, and now we will know to check now them. Now we will know to check them because Tumblr just doesn't want to tell me. Because good, Tumblr good, good website. is bad. We have friends who work at Tumblr. You should tell them to make the site better. Yeah. It's just Isn't like... that 129 people follow the Mirror Wars vlog? That's a lot. That's a lot. Considering we haven't done an episode in like two months. People just like keep joining. I like get the notifications on my phone when somebody follows the blog and I'm mm -hmm. just like, thanks, but like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter at mm Maramores. -hmm. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes and, and Google, Google Play, Play Music. And you can't follow us on Facebook because neither of us can be bothered. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna make a Facebook account unless you really want us to, but even then probably not. But yeah, so we should talk about an episode. An yeah. Episode that we watched. Yeah. We watched this week we watched Hurricane Fluttershy, which is a very good episode. Shout outs to Bobby Schroeder, the queen of Flutterdash. Nice. Easily the most hardcore Flutterdash shipper out there. Made an entire uh, roughly six to eight hour RPG about Flutterdash. That's that's pretty hardcore. And is now making a game based on that game that is not about Flutterdash, but actually kind of is. And you should go check out Ponet. That's P O N E T. What did we say about spots? Tumblr.com. What did we say about spots, Carabelle? Only if you're dating us. No, we're discussing it in a broader context. Okay. Where okay. This isn't a, this isn't an advertisement. This is just saying that you should experience things. You should experience things. Plato's Cave is overrated. <laughs> Agree. Anyway, so Hurricane Fluttershy. That's a good episode. Yeah. What in it? Fluttershy was literally a tree. Fluttershy was a tree. Was she this... wanted to be a tree. Do you think this was before or after the... I sort of feel like, what was it, Over a Barrel? Yeah, that was season one. Yeah, so that had already happened. So basically she was like, I would like to be a tree. And then she went out and bought the most realistic tree costume I've ever seen. That's how it be sometimes. So like, yeah. Some good people for, good for her. think that not be how it is, but it do. Yeah, so like, what's the version of furries but for trees? Arborist? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Ar I'm going with arborist. An arborist? I guess that's just what you call someone who takes care of trees. Yeah. Arboreal, maybe? That just describes things that are trees. <laughs> yeah, but like furry also describes things that are furry. But it also describes things that aren't furry. Like, would a hairless cat like character that that be a furry? A skinny. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't ever say that again. <laughs> I love, love to be a furry, but all of my fur is gone because of mange or something. And so I'm just a skinny. Hairless cats don't have mange. They're yeah, but that way. some, but like hairless wolves probably do. I don't know anything about hairless wolves. <laughs> do I look like a wolf expert to you? I mean, I don't know what a wolf expert would look like, but like, actually that's not true. I know somebody whose career career is literally tracking wildlife around uh, the Northern Territories of Canada. And you don't look exactly like her, but like, it's the same sort of general. I read a book about wolves once. Was it Dancing with Wolves? No, it was in like- Was eight... it Julie and the Wolves? No. 
Okay. It was it was it was a book I read it in high school. Um, I wrote a paper about mimetic theory. So memes, memes, the DNA of the soul. <laughs> <sighs> so. I'm not going to talk about the visual gags because I always write them down because they're hilarious. And then I remember that this is a podcast and it's not very funny. I like the uh, the 50s uh, PSA that they do. It's good. It's some good stuff. So, Fluttershy, are you ready to... Uh, I, <laughs> I ran out of improv. <laughs> you tried. I tried. I tried. This is the first appearance of a lot of fandom important Pegasi, yeah, I think. Both biceps. Uh, Flitter, Cloud Chaser, Blossom Forth, Thunderlane, Rumble. Yeah, just like, they they showed up. Watermelon they were Horn, here. Watermelon Waifu is here. That's Blossom Forth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know she has I, an I, actual I name. I, you know, I said her already. I, I, I know. Okay. But, you know, we got a whole bunch of background characters and they're popular they're popular and i feel like this was a point in the show's history where everybody was just like in background character new background, background character, character. Ooh. yeah so we got a lot of uh cool background characters from this episode which is pretty neat yeah. yeah flitter and cloud chaser uh alternately appearing in fanon as sisters or girlfriends because they do not have a canon relation mm-hmm. you know what i relatively recently learned what? it's never actually stated that the sirens are sisters yeah no movie. it's not that's why i feel okay like yeah shipping them shipping them like yeah. a lot of people ship them as like a triad yeah. which is pretty good stuff i'm making the okay hands i gotta yes. remember i can't do hand gestures i mean you can it's just that people won't know unless you tell them maybe we should maybe we should have a vlog no okay <laughs> If they really want to see us do hand gestures that badly, they should hope that we have our live show at Everfree Northwest, and then they should come to Seattle and see us. Nice. Yeah. Philly Shy? Philly So Shy. cute. She's very cute. So cute. Every She's... time that, like, long-legged, little, awkward tween. With a little, little twirl. Oh. Her her mane. She's and, very and, and the, like, hair covering mm -hmm. one of her eyes. She's oh. a good... She's a really good horse. What are, like, literally the last thing on my list right here is... Fluttershy is such a good horse. She's a very good horse. And just like, I like I like to imagine that the reason all of the other Pegasi are so down on her is because when she was a filly, she was she hadn't come out yet, mm. and so they were all sort of projecting the assumptions of toxic toxic masculinity onto her do you think toxic masculinity exists in ponyville outside of dragon culture i don't think it exists in ponyville but it might exist in Cloudsdale. yeah i'm just trying to think like where we've seen it in like pony culture rather than just dragon culture yeah that's true maybe it's not so much a thing there it does seem like the gender politics of equestria are definitely really different mm -hmm. and i think that that is I think mostly an accident, probably an expression of the fact that there aren't a lot of stallions around. Yeah. But. But, like, if you look at the stallions who, like, have major roles, you've got, like, Big Mac and Shining Armor and stuff like that, and they're not, like, especially, like, toxically masculine. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. The yeah. ones who, like, are kind of toxically masculine are, spoiler alert, Bluebeard. Blue Blood. No, what's this? Star, Star Swirl. Star Swirl. I mean, Blue Blood too. Well, Blue Blood just sucks. Yeah. Sorry, Miranda. 
Sorry, Miranda. I'm not sorry, Miranda. Um, yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen the season seven finale, we will not spoil it here for you, except for how we already have. Yeah. But at some point, we're going to need to be able to talk about, like, season seven and the movie and stuff. Yeah, someday. We're going to put a moratorium on those for now. Yeah, we don't want to be one of those, like, current event type shows. Yeah, like, we want people who are not necessarily caught up or who fell out of fandom to be able to watch or rather listen to this show. See, even your subconscious wants us to do a vlog series. I don't want to do a vlog series. not a vlog. Like, like Checkpoint, but with horses. You being gay. I have a basement. It's true. You do have a basement. (laughs) We can make a set down My laundry's in there right now. (laughs) It's in the dryer. A brief glimpse into the life of Beta and Caravel. (laughs) My laundry's in the dryer and I'm wearing a... Pony podcast hosts. They're just like us. I'm wearing a slightly undersized pink children's shirt that has a a sparkly train on it and it says Choo Choo Cutie. Where's my phone? I don't have it. I'll take a pic. I'll take a picture later, and we'll we'll add it to the episode notes. We will not. <laughs> it's a good shirt, though. Yeah, I am a choo choo cutie. Yeah, um, I want to talk about the the relationships between Rainbow Dash and Fluttershy in this episode mm-hmm. because I feel like at some point they take a kind of abrupt turn. Yeah, and it's not really telegraphed all that well, like. At the beginning of the episode, Rainbow Dash is very concerned about herself and setting Mm -hmm. the record because that is going to esteem her in the eyes of the Wonderbolts, increase her own personal career goals, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. To the point that when Fluttershy is having a bad time, she looks through it solely in the lens of the way that it's going to affect her. Mm -hmm. She's not initially like... Fluttershy, I'm sorry. She's like, oh, how am I going to beat this record now? Yeah. I feel like, it feel, almost feels like there is a cut scene from there. Like one where Twilight is talking to Rainbow Dash and being yeah. like, hey, uh, you need to, you're focusing a lot on yourself. You need to focus more on Fluttershy, our mutual girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Just like that kind of, re- that kind of relationship dynamic is not particularly healthy. Like you should support your partner's and your friends if but you eh. but you should do it to the extent that you are able yeah like i think we've talked before about putting on your own oxygen mask before yeah i don't think this is i don't think this is a scenario where like rainbow was upset but not in a particularly her own needs weren't dire whereas well that's kind of what i mean is like rainbow dash was looking at as as that was looking at it as if like Fluttershy was not supporting her enough without realizing that Fluttershy didn't necessarily needed some amount of comfort and yeah. assistance to be able to help Rainbow. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I think the the support was flowing the wrong way there and mm-hmm. Fluttershy was... And I, I feel like at some point Rainbow Dash did realize that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, you know, Fluttershy was crying in the woods, she had her own advice reflected back onto her that she had given to all of the animals and like who among us haven't had somebody say to them remember all of those times i was in this particular scenario and you were like you should do this thing and now now you are not doing the thing Mm -hmm. like that's incredibly relatable for me yeah i actually was watching this episode and i felt like a lot of very kind of triad 
dynamics with Fluttershy and Rainbow Dash and Twilight. And I feel like if that scene that I feel like had been cut mm -hmm. was in there, it would be even more so. Yeah. Where you kind of have a disagreement or like a tension between Fluttershy and Rainbow Dash. And Twilight is there as the third partner to try to help. So basically the they're more rails. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it, it, it is, it's a dynamic that I've seen in other relationships where, yeah. that I've been in where it's like, uh, partner A and partner partner A isn't understanding partner B's feelings, so I will try to talk to partner A, in a way that per partner B can't. Yes. Yeah. And to try to explain partner B's perspective, but from a place of more strength. Yeah, and from a place of more like neutrality, like being able yeah. to take a step back and be like, okay, I love both of these people. Yeah. How can I fix this problem? How can I fix this problem? And it's like, well, I can do this by giving words to the things and explaining them in ways that the other partners can understand because right now they aren't communicating as well as they could. Yeah. And later on, I think Rainbow turns that around. Rainbow is like, you know, suddenly the, the goals are inverted and Twilight is the one being like, you're totally going to have enough to do this now. And Rainbow is like, but what about Fluttershy? Yeah. And I think that, that was really, that's really heartwarming. Yeah. Just like, I... I don't want to do this if I have to do it without her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or realizing that she had been kind of harsh on Fluttershy and she is at this point now that she knows that it's going to be okay is now primarily concerned with Fluttershy. There's a very common thing in a lot of fanfics from before season like six or seven mm -hmm. where they talk about how Rainbow Dash eventually has to give up on her goal to be a Wonderbolt because mm -hmm. she realizes that this sort of lofty goal she's set for herself is going to basically involve leaving home. Mm -hmm. And it's going to involve sort of breaking apart these relationships that she's that have become so important to her and you know it's ship fix so it involves leaving one or more of her girlfriends but mm -hmm. i always thought it was kind of disappointing that she just gets she accomplishes her goal i feel like that is definitely a problem with later seasons of my little pony where it feels like everyone has accomplished their goals and there isn't really anywhere to go yeah but like the fact that i feel like it would have been so much more interesting if Rainbow Dash had had this goal that she had had since, you know, since basically she could think. Mm -hmm. And it would have been so much more interesting to have her get there and realize that it wasn't what she needed. Yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't the thing she wanted anymore. And because I think... she, had, she had grown and she had created all these interpersonal relationships and she no longer wanted to be like this hot, number one hot shot. Yeah, exactly. And like... I think that would be a really interesting lesson to teach young girls, too. Probably there are going to be some people out there who say that these are too complex of themes for the My Little Pony demographic. But, one, Wicked Steven Universe. Mm -hmm. And two, like, I think those little girls are a lot smarter than you give them credit for. Yeah, the thing about children is that they are very dumb, but they are also very smart. Yes. Like... <laughs> Like they will, they will try, they will definitely try to chew an electric socket, but they I also... think you are confusing ages of children. <laughs> I'm more talking about like kids who are like seven or eight, who are like very brilliant, but they don't necessarily have the worldly understandings, mm -hmm. but they can still understand complex topics. Yeah. Like they are a lot, they are a lot smarter than people give them credit for. Yeah. I think 
seeing it was really cool to see in this that she was like i don't i don't care about all of this and even at the end of the episode spitfire her idol is like wow you led a really great team and rainbow just like without even blinking steps aside and is like she's the one who deserves credit here yeah, Fluttershy like, overcame so much, and without her, we literally couldn't have succeeded. And that's such an important thing to do. I work in an industry where it would be easy for managers to claim accomplishments, but the good managers and the good employees are like, this was a team effort, and this person helped out a lot, and without this person, even if they weren't the one doing the very flashy thing, this person is the one who really made made it all work, and mm -hmm. I, I thought that was a really that was a really beautiful episode moment yeah. in this episode. It is overall. This is just probably I would say one of the ten best episodes of My Little Pony. Yeah, um, I have written down here. Rainbow Dash voted most likely of the main six to successfully lead a coup because she is incredibly charismatic. She oh, riles yeah. up all the Pegasi, and like if she was instead of saying all right, let's make this tornado. She was just like, all right, let's take Canterlot. I bet a lot of them would have followed her. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that sort of natural charisma and leadership is exactly the sort of thing you want in the figurehead of a revolution. That is definitely some words you said. <laughs> this episode sponsored by Kimberly. <laughs> this episode sponsored by... Marxism. Marxism. Have you tried just taking it from them? <laughs> Marxism. It's what's for dinner. Yes. Um, other minor things that I've noticed. Uh, the margin on that record was apparently very small because there were like 80 ponies who showed up and each with their like 10 wing power and somehow missing like four or five of them was enough to take them from we might not be able to set the record to we might not be able yeah, to do well, this I mean, at all. They were, they were missing eight ponies. Yeah. Right? So I think that some of the ponies they had missed had had more than 10 wing power. Because yeah. the record they said was, uh, what was it, 950? Did they actually say? Yeah. And earlier on the episode, hmm. they say uh, Philadelphia did it. And then uh, Rainbow Dash is shooting for over 1,000. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that. is the bare minimum. So. Yeah. Anyway, I guess that math checks out. But uh, it's just, it seems like... I really like the idea that Ponyville is like a small town. Mm -hmm. And places like Philadelphia and Van, and Van Hoover and like Canterlot. Manhattan. Yeah, I like the idea that those are all much bigger places. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. I'm not... Why am I complaining about the math and the colorful horse show? I don't know. Because that's kind of what we do here. That's Yeah, that's kind of who I am. Um, Ponyville. The Schenectady. <laughs> horse cities. But it's good. Wow! Sick bird on Schenectady. <laughs> am I wrong? No. <laughs> I feel like it's more like... I don't know. What's like a nice small town? Santa Fe. Yeah! <laughs> or like... I don't know. Uh... Or like, I don't know, like Norwalk. Sure. It's Providence. Norwalk. Sure. It's Providence. <laughs> um, I appreciate that Angel, who is normally like kind of a complete jerk to everyone, is just like, all right, Fluttershy's upset. That's not acceptable. 
we gotta get her back together. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of this cat that I lived with when I was living in Toronto, who like was normally super aloof and just generally cat-like and kind of ignored me. But anytime I was upset and like crying or something, the cat would come over and cuddle me and try yeah, to make I, me. Yeah, I better. feel like that is a good description of Angel. Like, yeah, in, in this episode, he is. He spends almost pretty much this entire ep- his only appearances in this episode like comforting and encouraging Fluttershy. And that's yeah, really great. and like basically Angel is a cat, as yeah. best I can tell. I mean, um, rabbits are kind of cat-like in personality. If you've ever had rabbits, I haven't, but that's good to know. I have had rabbits. Cool. Um, that's why it. are there so many ponies sticking their eyes in trees? Is a thing that I wrote down because it happens twice, mm. which is weird. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> It's a it's a very like capital C cartoon thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it when it when My Little Pony remembers that it's a cartoon though. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's not quite um what do you call it like Discord grade visual gags, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Fluttershy's a good horse. Fluttershy is a good horse. Like at the end where she like. I initially thought she was gonna be like, oh no, oh no, I'm in the center of attention and run off, but no, she like owns it and she's just like i did do a good job i'm proud of myself yeah i think that that's so also twilight is really cute in this episode very dorky she's like oh i miss like early season twilight yeah such a dork oh well yeah i I feel like uh the three main six who appear in this episode all are really good and i overall i just feel like this is a really great episode yeah so yeah, Hurricane Fluttershy. What a good episode. What a good episode of My Little Pony, the show. Friendship is magic. My Little My Pony. Little Pony colon Friendship is Magic colon the movie for, for attractive people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we should do a ships. Yeah. Uh, we're going to roll die as we do every episode in case you forgot. Yeah. Which I wouldn't blame you because it's been a while. Uh, I'm going to roll a d20 using uh beta's newest new dice set that she got because uh we've been playing tale of equestria in our family so she bought a dice set for herself and i'm going to roll a die and whatever it is that's the ship we're going to talk about i got a 17 so we're going to be talking about twice shy nice is that serendipitous yeah and the last serendipitous as flirt dash would have been but uh is that even on there? Have yeah, it's 15. Oh, uh, well. Oh, well. But Twyshy, though. Twyshy. I'm trying to remember fix that I've read that are, like, particularly Twyshy. I feel like Twyshy is really one of the kind of lower key Yeah, it's definitely, like, six. among among main six ships, it's definitely a bit of a rare pair. Yeah, like, I feel like, because Twilight and Fluttershy are both kind of socially awkward, and mm-hmm. I would all... I don't even... I hesitate to say that they are necessarily similar, but they definitely have a lot in common. And I don't know, people don't seem to be attracted to that kind of dynamic. Yeah. So, how would they? Let's do the meet cute. Okay. What's the What's the meet cute for them? Like maybe maybe uh, Fluttershy needs a whole bunch of books on animal care. Mm. Maybe. Um, Spike gets sick and Fluttershy has to help Twilight figure out what's wrong with him and have him get better. Yeah. Like, I, I, 
I wonder if I've talked about this shit before. Because you remember a while back, I uh, did a bunch of people send in asks of ships, and I did oh, a yeah. bunch of uh, bunch of uh, and answers. And you stopped right before you got to mine. I'm so sorry, I got sick. Or I don't think I got sick, but I had some problems that were happening in my life. So Yeah, that did happen. Anyway, you should talk while I'm looking. Yeah, so we've got two ponies who are, at least initially kind of shy and i think this really this really sort of depends on which season fluttershy because fluttershy's arc completes itself by her becoming not a total pushover Mm -hmm. like if you've seen fluttershy leans in it's just like a non-episode because she fixed the problem where she was a pushover yeah like she just well, it's like, she, yeah, she, the thing is about that episode is that she is not a pushover. She is very insistent on knowing that she knows her things. and Yeah, they like, you know, I, I would say we're not going to spoil the episode, but there just, there isn't, there an isn't anything to spoil. It, it just, it happens. It's, it's like, it's like they forgot to write a conflict into that episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, for the record, I did write about Twash. I wrote like three paragraphs. Um, I think one thing is like, uh, I mentioned that I headcan both of them as autistic. Mm. Uh, I think that the two of them can relate to each other a lot because both of them uh, have those kind of experiences and experiences with things like uh, what's the word uh, overstimulation kind mm. of, of uh, yeah that makes sen- sense. like sensory overload. I I just realized I forgot to talk about it was super like Fluttershy in Hurricane Fluttershy had one of the most like unambiguous depictions of anxiety Mm -hmm. that i've seen in the show like she was doing something very well and then she thought about what other people were thinking of her and she got so upset that she basically had to run away crying yeah and i feel like uh the other best depiction the show has had of anxiety or at least one of the best is uh lesson zero also exactly series uh same season with twilight yeah and just like no, I can't. I can't screw up. I can't screw up. I have to. I have to fix this. Okay, what mm-hmm. am I gonna do? How am I gonna fix this? I gotta cast a spell. Cast a spell. I'm good at magic. Cast a spell. I can do this. So it's kind of like Twilight's more manic, mm-hmm. and Fluttershy is a lot more uh, depressive. Depressive. Yeah, and I think that, like early on, they've got enough similar experiences to like empathize with each other. But also enough complementary things that they could like prop up a relationship together. Mm-hmm. I think a relationship between two very depressive people would be kind of hard to make work. Not impossible by any means, but like it's good when you have some sort of like complementary when you, you know when your mental health issues are not exactly the same, so you can prop each other up, mm-hmm. which is the most authentic trans experience. Yeah, uh, I. I guess the the way I was talking about it on my blog was uh, as the world's most awkward pairing. Like, I feel that the sheer lack of social skills between them is physically oppressive. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, um, the way I'm I'm thinking about it now that I remember how I kind of imagined their meet cue is that Twilight and Fluttershy have had crushes on each other for a super long time. And one day, Rarity and Twilight are just having tea, and Rarity's like, for Celestia's sake, darling. When are you going to ask Fluttershy out? And Twilight just, like, spits out her tea. <laughs> like, what? How did you know? And it's like, every pony knows. We have a betting pool on it. Rainbow Dash is betting that when you try to ask each other out, it'll be so awkward that the universe will collapse <laughs> in on itself. 
Wow, I didn't know Rainbow Dash knew that many words. <laughs> Rainbow Dash is smart. Yeah. She's a smart horse. Rainbow Dash is a smart horse. She is a smart horse with a learning disability, and I love her. I love all the horses. They're good. Yeah. Except Star Swing. <laughs> Someday we will talk about Mansplain the episode. Yeah. Stallion Splain, excuse me. Stallion Yeah. It's just like, all of the Fluttershy ships are just like... I feel like they're all kind of low-key. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a date between Applejack and Rainbow Dash is going to be like them going to like a rodeo or mm -hmm. on a race or like hoof wrestling mm -hmm. or like, you know, going to see a Wonderball show, something like that. But I feel like Twilight and fluttershy have those sorts of dates that you get to in a later relationship where you're just sort of hanging out in the same room together. yeah it's like you're just kind of cuddling and you're reading your own books you're doing your own things but you're just kind of kind of uh basking in each other's company yeah like i definitely see them like over time twilight very sh very smart and something of a mimic like picks up a bunch about caring for fluttershy's animals almost without noticing that it's happening. Mm -hmm. And they've got that sort of lesbian mind meld thing going on where the two of them just like go through the routine almost without speaking because by silent agreement, they've already divvied up the tasks together. Yeah. I feel like one thing though is that they both probably have that kind of uh, autistic special interests where they yeah. just, some will just like rant to the other one about something that they are really passionate about and the other one just loves it. And yeah. they just do this sometimes, and it's just like, Fluttershy watching Twilight's eyes light up as she discusses astronomy or spell history, and just, like, going on and on, and we're like, or, like, Fluttershy getting super excited about some rare animal, and Twilight is just so happy to see her partner so Yeah, happy. and, you know, I think a lot of people with special interests, they're conditioned to apologize for talking about it, because it's usually not so acceptable, and I love the idea of the two of them getting to the point where they don't feel the need to apologize anymore mm -hmm. because they genuinely believe that the thing they're talking about is interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really nice. And I think that the two of them would have a really, really nice relationship. I don't know. It seems like it would be... It would be really grounding for both yeah. of them. Yeah, just to kind of have another kind of influence there. Like, I don't know. They're just both... They're ponies that are good at grounding other ponies, but mm -hmm. not good at grounding themselves. Yeah. Yeah, like, Twilight is very often, especially in early episodes, the one that's, like, called in to solve a problem. But, like, especially in Lesson Zero, she doesn't know how to solve her own problems. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't want to bother anyone. I don't want to yeah. have to. I don't have to. Another, another good one is uh, It's About Time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the time travel episode. <sighs> The Metal Gear Solid episode. I yeah, think the, Metal, the Metal Gear Solid time travel episode. God, what a show. What a show. But yeah, so you've got stuff like that, and I think Fluttershy is, is in a similar boat. Yeah, and sort of later on in the show, when they both sort of come into their own, um, I think they're ready to be moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where we get that good, good mom content. Ah, <clears throat> what's better than mom content? What's better than this? Just mares being moms. <laughs> mom tent. No. <laughs> the mom tent is the uh, is the room at is is the shelter at Burning Man where all the nursing mothers go. 
<laughs> See, I was thinking of like the mom dentist, like uh, Fluttershy and Twilight are like, oh, that tent, oh, that's where you were conceived. <laughs> Beta just gave me a look. I did just give you a look. You deserved that yes, look. Yes, I did. If our viewers or listeners, excuse me, if our listeners were there here right now, they would also be giving you a look. It's true. Sometimes I just just need to give me a look. I would like to point out that right now I have a stuffed animal net in my room, and right now it contains just Fluttershy and Twilight cuddling each other. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah. Because right now Luna and Sunset are on the bed. Yeah, Luna and Sunset are on the bed, and Twilight and Fluttershy are just kind of hanging out together looking at the ceiling, Mm -hmm. and they love each other. That's true, they do. The horses love each other, and they should kiss. They should kiss. Megan McCarthy, when will the horses kiss? Hasbro let the horses kiss. Caravel. Hasbro let the horses kiss. Hasbro, let the horses kiss. Also, what if you put songs from My Little Pony in Drop Mix? Sincerely, Caravel. What if I bought enough equity in Hasbro (laughs) that I could ask them on their earnings call? when they're going to let the horses kiss what if how much do you think that would be how much is a as a go stock, fund me how much is a stock of hasbro worth and how many stocks would you need in hasbro to be able to be on their shareholders board i don't know any i, I feel like i should know how this sort of thing works and i definitely don't anyway beta's gonna look that up and we're gonna take a short break <laughs> we'll get back to you with the answer in a bit and we will talk about our topic See y'all then. For the moment you'll be there for me At the end of the day All the colors of summer faded through We can start on the highest ground Jet plane, fast train, I'll get to you Yes, I'll get to you Where the grass is green, we'll meet again As our love comes pouring down Kiss by Hello, and welcome back to Mirror Moors. Is that? Yeah, it's fine. So, the bad news is Hasbro's market cap is $11.5 billion. So, a 1% share in Hasbro uh, would cost... Over $100 million. Yes, that is true. However, I know that trans people are known for their vast financial (laughs) resources. And I don't need this money forever. I just need it long enough to get on an earnings call, and then you can all have it back. Yeah. Hopefully, so, as, as long as there's no market crash. Yeah. And, you know, stock markets. Stock markets are- Notoriously stable. Yeah, they're very- they're basically just banks. It's just like, the only thing- the only thing more stable would be Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin, the world's most stable currency. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, if you work at a large investment bank- uh call me <laughs> call me call us at 555 gay horse wait that's not a phone number no gay, gay horse is in like h-o-r-s i mean you can have extra you can have extra digits in a phone yeah. number so any, people any, do that sometimes anyway call 555 gay horse mm-hmm. the area code is important you know, I could get us a Twilio mailbox. That you was could, something. But I don't know. Gay we horse. Need it. We could put. We could have people call in with audio questions. That would be fun. Yeah. Well, maybe. What if we made something that was like 
the Sailor Moon hotline, but it was episodes of My Little Pony Friendship is Mad. God, that would be sick as hell. If y'all don't know about the Sailor Moon hotline, it's the thing that was set up by somebody that just plays the, you call it, and it just plays the audio from it's random. It's Jay, at Jcap on Twitter. Yeah, uh, it plays audio from random dub episodes of Sailor Moon, and it's wonderful, and it's, uh, I have it on speed dial. Just in case. Along with uh, my partners and uh, my lawyer. <laughs> you have a lawyer? Yes. Well, nice. I have your lawyer. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, <clears throat> lawyers. That's not what today's topic is. I just want you to consider the concept of lawyers. I mean, lawyers. it might involve lawyers kind of tangentially. Anything can involve lawyers if you think hard enough about it. Yeah, or don't think enough about it in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, the topic we wanted to talk about uh, this episode is uh, the concept of chosen family, which we have talked about a little bit before, but we want to really get into it, especially as it relates to the horses. Yeah. Um, the thing I want to open with is there was a deleted opening for the My Little Pony movie. Where they refer to Cadence as not the princess of love, but the princess of family. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting. Because there are a lot of different kinds of love. The There's like the sort of four traditional Greek kinds of love. Uh, agape, um, eros, storge, and philia. Mm-hmm. Uh, philia of course is like familial brotherly love um eros is like romantic love i think eros is like specifically kind of like lust yeah exactly Whereas uh, agape is the more agape is the like deity love i think like it's the Literally, one that you're supposed to feel everything i know about eros and agape i learned from yuri on ice <laughs> you can quote me on this <laughs> Anyway, anyway. And storage would be like platonic love? Storage is like the love from a parent to a child. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I don't know anything about I'm pretty Greece. sure. That's not true. So, I want to talk about chosen family. I brought this up while talking about chosen family, mostly because I remembered it. But now that I've started talking about it, I've realized that what I actually want to say is that in a sort of the traditional family there's it's mostly just that sort of like familial sort of love type thing but in a chosen family especially the sort of like poly queer units that mm -hmm. um like our family yeah that caravel and i are mostly familiar with um those sorts of things kind of like mix and blend kind of freely like I have metamorphs who I am definitely not dating, definitely not in a romantic relationship, but I definitely say that I love them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just I'm not just saying that, it's actually true. I said it during my wedding ceremony. Mm -hmm. Your ceremony similar to but legally distinct from a wedding. A more on that later. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I I definitely there is definitely that kind of love for a metamor that is kind of different, but in some ways similar to a love for a partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of really good stuff about chosen family 
in the in the show itself. Yeah, I think um, a really good example of that is uh, in the episode. What is it? Super cider squeezy, super speedy cider squeezy. Three thousand. Three thousand. Where Applejack says, "Like are honorary members allowed?" Yeah, and it's like, yeah, like Applejack definitely sees the rest of the main six as her family. Yeah, like. I, I, I think you would be hard-pressed to come up with a definition of family that didn't rely on, like, bloodlines and stuff that that the main six didn't qualify for. Yeah. It's, they, like, take care of each other, they back each other up, mm-hmm. they are emotional support for each other, mm-hmm. they are all dating each other. <laughs> yeah. And... That's not that's not the only example. Like, think about that episode. I don't remember the name of it. The one where Pinky is trying to figure out if she's related to Applejack. Oh yeah, uh, that's um, Pinky Apple Pie. Is that the name of the episode? Yeah, something like that. And the conclusion at the end of it is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're related by blood. Yeah, it they care about each other and that's what matters that's that's the important thing like has anybody ever been like well you know spike and twilight are actually related like who cares yeah they're family yeah it's not even really clear what kind of family they are like is twilight spike's mom is she his sister we don't know it's open to interpretation but regardless they're family it doesn't matter yeah, like, it doesn't have to be sorted into those neat boxes. Mm-hmm. Like, I have metamors who I'm definitely not dating, but, you know, sometimes we cuddle. Sometimes cuddling is nice. It doesn't yeah. have to... Cuddling is... cuddling is nice. Cuddling is nice. Cuddling is nice. Kissing feels real good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean... I think another example would be Scootaloo's relationship with Rainbow Dash and her oh, yes, biological family. absolutely. Yeah, like Scootaloo is absolutely a part of that family. Yeah, no, there's there's no other way to interpret that episode. Mm -hmm. Like, did they legally adopt her? Who cares? It doesn't matter. There's a there's a trope that I see in a lot of media, including some horse fiction, where it's just like, secretly it turned out they're blood related, and I've never really. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I get it, but like, I don't care. Yeah, like it doesn't matter if they're blood related or not because they're all they're they're family, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be blood related to your family. Like I say this as somebody with an absolutely massive family on my mom's side of uh, mostly adopted children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, I would probably say that a third to a half of my relatives were adopted into the family, but like they are still my family. Like yeah, and like. Our, our family is... Sometimes a family can just be five trans women and two dogs. Yeah. Three Elizabeths, two non-Elizabeths, and two dogs. Yeah. A lot of Elizabeths. Yeah. Yeah. It's very confusing, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. So it's... Chosen family is, I think, especially important to queer people because the narrative that is sold to straight people is that family are the people that you can always count on when your friends turn your back on you and when going gets really rough but i think queer people 
those associations are reversed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like everybody's heard the phrase "blood is thicker than water," right? And people meet keep that uh, take that to mean like uh, the the blood of your family is thicker than whatever the water is supposed to represent. But the actual phrase is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the waters of the womb, saying that your friendships are stronger than just your family ties. And if you know queer people, you know people who are estranged from their families. Yeah, like, like I don't, I do not talk to my dad. Uh, he, like, the, the two of us are just not in contact. I don't consider my dad part of my family anymore. Like, yes, he theoretically assisted in conceiving me, but I don't consider him my family. He's yeah. not a good person, and we don't get along, and there's no reason to keep up with him. Yeah, and I think queer people, <clears throat> one, a lot of queer people tend to be poly, or at least, <laughs> you know, not bound to the, the strictest definitions of monogamy, but we seek out to build these familial structures because we don't get that in mm-hmm. the traditional way. Yeah. Like, I'm not estranged from my family, but... I'm not able to relate to my mom the way I relate to other trans women and the way I relate to other queer people. Yeah. Like, I love my sisters, I love my mom, but I still don't see them that often. I don't even talk to them that much. Yeah. Because we're just very, very different people. And I feel like society, our society has this expectation that you be close to your family or like, they're your family, you have to forgive them, you have to love them, you have to blah, 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 blah. But that's, that's, uh... I'm, I'm trying not to swear. That is BS. Yeah. That is bull honky. I, I think there is definitely a cultural narrative about, like, being distant from your biological family. But I think it is... I think the, the degree to which we form... Queer people form surrogate families goes above and beyond the way in which, um, you know, the straight cis is. Mm-hmm just sort of, like, form friendships. Mm -hmm. Like, I... Part of it is just, like, I think even in marriage, a lot of straight people maintain emotional distance that is just not... not there in healthy relationships. Yeah, there's this kind of sense of, like... I feel like if you marry somebody, they should be your best friend or one of your best friends. Like, you should be able to share, like, anything with them. You should you should be able to, re- to have that kind of emotional closeness with them. And I feel like that's something that our kind of heterosexual society does not emphasize. Yeah, and this is a really great example of when... People are just like, well, you know, sexism hurts men too. Yeah, of course it does. It boxes men into this toxic masculinity idea of like being withdrawn from your feelings and not associating with the the ones that you care about because that's not manly enough. Yeah, this idea that you should be this stoic stone at the center of your family, but that's like, people aren't stones, right? Yeah. The... And the abstraction always leaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's also just a sort of... Women are expected to perform emotional labor. Mm-hmm. 
for men in ways that mean that there's always going to be this sort of tension. And mm -hmm. I want to be clear, there are very healthy straight relationships out there, and there are unhealthy queer relationships out there. Yeah, we're not saying that all queer relationships are perfect and all heterosexual relationships are a disaster. But the the dynamics of gender, I think, make it more of an uphill battle for there to be for straight relationships to be healthy because yeah. there is that i think that there is something i feel like i should mention which is relationships between two men can also suffer from this problem just because neither mm. of them has been raised or expected to perform emotional labor where you can have some very unhealthy dynamics in those relationships that i i've read about mm. but i guess the big difference is that in a lot of ways it feels like relationships between gay men they're more willing to kind of learn those behaviors and like admit when they're wrong because yeah. there aren't the same expectation quite as the same expectations as there are in a heterosexual relationship yeah so, that is but that's i very, feel very like much out of my lane so. yeah like like neither of us are gay men so this is if kind you of, haven't if you hadn't figured that out by now yeah we are i am a lesbian trans woman i'm a i don't know pansexual or something yeah trans woman. whatever it's hard to tell and but but this is mostly going on what I've read other people say, where it's like, I found out that I realized that I was accidentally abusing, like emotionally abusing my boyfriend and we're getting help now and yeah. stuff like that. But there's this kind of sense of they weren't, men aren't expected to do emotional labor and that can lead to some huge problems both in heterosexual relationships and in uh, homosexual yeah. relationships between two men. And relationships between queer women can often suffer can suffer from the opposite problem where emotional labor is given too freely yeah. and both people perform too much emotional labor for each other and that can lead to things like codependence yeah. and to unhealthy power dynamics yeah i mean that's uh i don't want to talk too much about this yeah. but that's definitely one of the things that killed my previous relationship yeah wow we got really off track didn't we yeah but i mean i, th I feel like that's kind of what we do is we start with a thing and then we talk about things that we think are important. Wow, going on a ramble about topics that interest us. I don't think anybody's ever done a podcast about that. Yeah, that's screwed up. Maybe next time we should watch a movie and make japes and jests along with it. I would do that. TBH. <laughs> I would do japes and jests <laughs> at a movie. Yeah. Chosen Family is important. Yeah. It's... I wish that the My Little Pony show leaned more into that sort of thing, but I think in the same way that they are uncomfortable depicting queer relationships, they're uncomfortable depicting, not uncomfortable, they are afraid of for profit reasons depicting mm -hmm. queer relationships and are afraid of for po profit reasons not going to go with the sort of anything but nuclear family yeah super healthy you know yeah like like even the the queer relationship uh between scootaloo's aunts mm -hmm. uh is kind of portrayed as like a monogamous don't have children but take care of their yeah relative middle Just like age, the, sa very, the the safest possible relationship the sort of like classic boston marriage type yeah. situation it's just like as unchallenging as possible just like dipping a toe into the water as little as you can and just like all of the like none of the main six's parents are divorced mm -hmm. 
yeah, all like, of them. The, are... the only th- the only non-standard family we have is Applejack's, where her family is her parents are passed away, and she yeah. lives with her grandmother and her siblings. But even that is still built around to some extent a nuclear family. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's. I think it's probably worth talking about Pinkie Pie and the Cakes. Oh yeah, I, we we wanted to talk about them. Where Pinkie kind of has two, yeah, at least, well at least two families. Where she has her biological family, uh, who she loves but doesn't necessarily have too much in common with, and her adopt kind of like the family that she has assimilated into the Cakes. God, if Pinkie Pie leaving her family because they didn't like the color she brought into the world isn't an allegory for being queer, then I don't know what is. Yeah. Like, Pinkie Pie left because her parents didn't accept that she was gay. Can we all just, like, <laughs> can we all just agree that that's what's actually going on? Yeah, but what if there on? just wasn't homophobia in Austria? Yeah, yeah. Just what if there wasn't? I mean, maybe there isn't except for the, like, Mennonites that she lives with. Yeah, The rock Mennonites. The rocks. Yeah. The rock people. Rock ponies. I miss the headcanon where Pinky's siblings are named Inky, Blinky, and Clyde. That was a I good think it headcanon. Was, yeah, I think it was uh, her siblings were Inky and Blinky. Yeah. And her parents were Sue and Clyde. Because Sue is a yellow ghost in um mm. in Miss Pac-Man. You ever think about how it's Miss Pac-Man, not Mrs. Pac-Man? Like, they haven't gotten married yet. I don't think they are yet. Either. Maybe they're siblings. No, they're portrayed as like being in a romantic relationship. Maybe huh. they've just kind of decided marriage isn't for them. It really makes good, you think. Good non-traditional families, right there. <laughs> the good non-traditional family, Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. Sometimes a family is a pie chart and a pie chart with a bow and lipstick. Don't forget the lipstick. Oh yeah, no, it's important that you know that she's the girl pie chart. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the like Pinky lives with the cakes. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. and love them yeah and like takes care of their kids and, and is like she has kind of the traditional like apprentice yeah master and apprentice relationship with the cakes yeah it's traditional but it's like very old tradition very old tradition society yeah y'all might not know this but like the whole being monogamous your whole life thing pretty it's recent pretty like, relatively recent in like the grand last of things. like last 50 60 years mm-hmm like kids used to date around in high school and that was just the way it was yeah people used to go on dates with multiple people at once yeah like, well, i mean not the exact same time that sounds like a nightmare of logistics but like would be i think seeing... you mean a really good episode of happy days <laughs> i have no i've I, I made that up it I, just seems like it would be a thing that you would know? be good but it, it, like people would like be dating multiple people at once like this is not in the in the most recent story that I wrote, um, that I was right working on for NaNoWriMo, I'm not going to spoil it, but one of the little pieces of world building that I put in was that the default relationship ac- archetype in Equestria is not, like, heterosexual monogamy, it's polygamy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, herds, which is my favorite term for poly in Equestria, led by stallions with multiple mares in it Mm -hmm. um because i thought that was an interesting way to explore relationship dynamics and it gave equestria a little bit of it's not just earth with more colors and horses yeah which i think is missing sometimes like every time every time i see 
somebody being like, it's okay, I'll pay for Rainbow Dash's medical bills. I just, like... Why would Equestria even have, like, that sort of thing? Like, yeah. why wouldn't Equestria have uh, guaranteed housing and basic income and free health care? It doesn't... Yeah, I think we've, we've gone on the rant about the economic systems of Equestria before. I mean, probably, right? We we've gone on that rant enough in real life. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I think... Uh, it's important to note that there isn't really any reason monogamy would be the standard in Equestria. Other than that Hasbro, Hasbro is boring. Yes. I mean, Hasbro is boring. I feel like there is the Equestria that Hasbro envisions to sell toys, and then there is the there is the Equestria that was has been like created by the creators of the show, and then there is the Equestria as interpreted by us, the fans. And I feel like those are kind of different layers yeah. of the same world. Like... To some extent, it's we all sort of live at the liberty of our, our universes live at the liberty of the canon of the show. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us try to sort of work around that because you're like, I don't really want to go so far off base that I need to I need to make an actual alternate universe. And so they dance around all of the things that Hasbro has done. And you can definitely do that. It's easy to say, like, you know. Hasbro just points the camera away when the horses are kissing. <laughs> but I think it's it's a lot more fun to use the sort of science fiction lens of using a different world to show us things and teach us things about our own world. Yeah. I think one thing that I might have mentioned previously in the podcast is sometimes I wonder, like, without Hasbro, what the world of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic would look like if it was entirely at the discretion of Studio B and the, the writers and creators of the show. And I kind of wonder how, in which ways would it be different, in which ways it would be the same. I feel like it would still be, like, have, still focus on, like, art, like, uh, Western traditional, quote-unquote, ideas of marriage and yeah. family, but I think we would definitely see at least a few more queer couples and stuff yeah like that. there are definitely people on the show who wish that they could be gayer yeah i know the there's there's at least like one comic person who ships flutter dash really hardcore yeah so and you know maybe we would get to see poly relationships probably not i don't think yeah. they're quite zeitgeisty enough yeah i but just i would like to see more poly relationships and i things. just i just want i want a g5 of my little pony that's like got an actual diverse cast so we don't end up with like the zebra and the buffalo again yeah like just you, you have six characters just make it so that they're not all voiced by white people yeah like there's only one non-white person and as far as i know there's only one non-white person in the regular cast and that is pinky's singing voice shannon chan can yeah. Like, look at Steven Universe. Like... You can do this. Like, Steven Universe is not a perfect show mm -mm. by any stretch of the imagination, but they definitely do diversity quite a bit better than My Little Pony. Just, like, just cast Lupita Naganya. Yeah. Join, a, join us for our other for our other podcast, Gems and... I don't know. I ran, yeah. I ran out of time to think of a, a good gay Steven Universe. I mean steven universe exactly exactly our steven universe fan cast <laughs> steven universe there's new episodes we should watch those. yeah probably yeah 
So, I don't know. That's another good, that's a good series with, like, a nice chosen family. Yeah, no. Steven Universe is, like, like, I've legit tweeted before, like, I hope that Steven Universe becomes more of a thing so that if we ever get to have kids, we can just be like, see, they've got three moms. Yeah. I've got three moms. Four moms. Five moms. Seems like that number's going up every day. Yeah, just keep adding more moms. Yeah, more moms is better, right? Yeah. It's just like it takes a can village. I do can I do can I do this thing? Ask your mother. Ask your mother. Ask your mother. <laughs> Ask your other mom. <laughs> Look, it takes a village, okay? And that village is filled with moms. <laughs> Robin has a really good headcanon about how even amongst like children who have sort of traditional parents that that child rearing is a very communal type mm-hmm. and thing. i think that makes a lot of sense like yeah given i feel like a lot of people in ponyville know the cmc's and yeah we'll just sort of collectively take care of them mm-hmm. and i really like that idea of just like ponyville is one big family and they all work together to make sure that all the folds are taken care of yeah like, and i feel like that's a that is a, a more traditional idea mm-hmm. than like our modern concepts of monogamy and nu- enclosed nuclear families yeah also capitalism capitalism yeah i don't know join I... us next week for capitalism <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you watch the show and you like or you listen to the show and you like capitalism I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's not very good. Read a book. Yeah. Books are good. Read a book that was written by a smart person and not like a non-smart person. Yeah, like Ayn Rand is not a smart person. Yeah. Anyway. Chosen uh, family. It's really good. It's really good. It's very important. And I would, it would be great if we could kind of normalize the idea of chosen families. Just like biological family are a thing that exists but your biological family is basically just like your birth gender you can get rid of it if it doesn't work for you mm-hmm. and i think that's an important thing to remember yeah like you don't owe your parents anything yeah they brought you into this world and that was hopefully their decision mm-hmm. and that that's not a debt that needs to be repaid yeah it is their job once they have decided to have you or if they haven't decided but that it goes into back into capitalism is bad yeah eventually and but like if they decided to have you then it is their obligation to take care of you and you do not owe them anything and yeah they don't get they don't get bonus points for like not being horrible parents because that's literally the bar yeah like you don't you don't get, like, accolades for just finishing the race, right? You get accolades for doing well in the race. Sometimes you do get accolades for finishing the race. Yeah, but, like, in terms of parenthood, where yeah. finishing the race is not killing your child and not being literally, like, physically abusive, then, like, finishing the race is not an accomplishment. Yeah, it's just like, hey, I didn't drive home drunk last night. Like... Congrats, that's the base minimum of human decency. Yeah, you did it. Don't drive drunk, ever. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. 
Don't do that. Don't Call us. We'll come get you. Yeah. I can't drive. Beta will come get you. <laughs> Beta can drive. Beta can drive. Anyway. Uh, do we yeah, have any... I, I, do, I did kind of want to hammer that home. Like, you do not owe your parents anything. Mm-hmm. Please mm-hmm. internalize this if you have bad parents who try to guilt trip you or whatever. You don't owe them a single thing. Yeah. And you want to have orphan Christmas? You want to have your chosen family get together for Thanksgiving? You don't want to go back to see your family that make you super uncomfortable? Like, don't. Don't. Come come have dinner with us. Yeah. I'll make, I'll make stir fry. That'll be tasty. I can make some curry. Ah, Kara makes really good curry. <laughs> I think the main thing that I make is the katsu. Oh, those are so good, too. <laughs> the curry's also very good, though. Yeah, but that's just from a real. Anyway, I think we're... Uh... Running out of steam. Yeah. We went very off topic, but chosen families are good. Chosen families are good. And if you would like to hear, if you would like to learn more about chosen families, I recommend joining the Mirror Moors Discord. Yeah, if you ever have any questions for us or you just want to hang out with some cool uh, LGBT pony fans, then I highly recommend you join uh, yeah. the Mirror Moors Discord, which we will link again in the description. Yep. Um, We've got a Twitter account, so you can follow and get notifications when we post new episodes mm-hmm. we've got a tumblr account um and obviously you can just bother us yeah like, we're, I, I'm, we're around as if you ask me a question in good faith at uh, lesbian.horse uh then it, i'll answer for you it's fine yeah. i will help you out and i'm always willing to help out i've heard a bunch of people saying that in other podcasts that you should leave itunes reviews and that helps us out so like I don't know, leave an iTunes review Yeah, maybe? if that's something you want to do, I would be fine with this podcast going to as many people as possible. iTunes is kind of a black box to me. Yeah, I don't understand it, but... I don't think anybody does. No one. Not yeah. even. Uh, what? Steve Jobs took that secret to his grave. <laughs> his grave covered in homeopathic oils. And uh, grapefruit juice. <laughs> But yeah, so you can always ask me or Meta a question and you can join our Discord and all that good stuff. And obviously, feel free to send asks on Tumblr now that I yeah, know to Yeah, now, now that we know to check them. And uh, we will uh, see you soon. Hopefully, yeah. in a, hopefully in just like a couple weeks instead of like three months. Yeah, it was like two or three months. It was yeah, a while. It was not ideal. Yeah, apologies for that, but there was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, we had some life going on. Mm-hmm. But until next time, I've been Beta. I've been Caravel. And we this... still don't have a sign off tag. Nope, but this has been Mayor Morris, and I hope you enjoyed it. Bye. Stay crispy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>